To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 68. The Opinionated Benchwarmers are back for another edition of this excellent sports podcast and platform. As always, I got my brothers with me, Carlos out of San Antonio and Ramon out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I, I myself is Rob, and we in here, man. Shout out to all of the subscribers, everybody that has left a review under the podcast all the love that we've been receiving with the follows. Make sure that you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. That's O underscore Benchwarmers. Make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, as well as Stitcher. And if you love what you hear, of course, leave a review and send it to a friend and let them know how we coming. What's up, fellas? I don't know about y'all. It's Monday night. We got a massive game tonight. With the Chiefs and the Ravens, I'm feeling great, fellas. How y'all doing? Man, I'm doing good, bro. Doing good. It's always good to rock with y'all, especially on this Monday as we record this podcast. I'm just ready to get out there and talk to sports. Yeah, same here, man. As always, uh, I always get excited to come and talk sports with my bros. We've been having a lot going on, a lot on the sports scene, whether it's NBA, NFL, a good bit to get into. So I'm not going to hold it up at all, oh, man. I'm going to let us go ahead and get into it, bro. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we back. And prior, let's start off with the big storylines that's happening, man. Another one bites the dust. Doc Rivers. None other than Doc Rivers. Ramon, who you've always said was under was very overrated, even though he has an NBA championship with the Boston Celtics. We know the run that he's had with them. Uh, but now we got the Clippers. His run with the Clippers has finally ended. And what makes this a big story is that this team was just mended together. And when I say this, this team with Kawhi and Paul George at the helm and the role players of, uh, I never can remember his name again, Los help me out. The guy who plays good defense, who can shoot a little bit. Talking about Patrick oh, Beverly? Patrick, Patrick Beverly. Beverly. <laughs> I never can remember. Marcus Morris. Um, but now, you know, we're seeing that this thing is unraveled. Uh, after one season, uh, one season, of this massive team, we see that Doc Rivers is no longer there, which is big on so many levels because you got Kawhi coming there as part of the reason is Doc Rivers, as well as Paul George. And now he's gone. But not only is a head coach gone, but we have a GM that's gone. So the Clippers is without a GM and without a coach. React, guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my first reaction was excitement. You know, I don't know why. 
Um, I mean, partly part part of it is because you know, obviously, you see behind me, I'm a Lakers fan with the Kobe picture on the wall behind me. Kobe Bryant, the goat. R.I.P. Baby, but um, you know, it was a little excitement. You know, I don't want to see. I want to see them in disarray. I want to see them go through some struggles. I want to see them, the team kind of break up. I want, you know, that's my thought is, is the, is it, is it next that the players start to break up? They start to trade someone, they start to do those type of things. So that was my thought initially, but again, you know, you got to pay respects to Doc Rivers. I think um, because of what he's done through the whole Donald Sterling type of thing and everything that went down on that. And he kind of stood in front of that. And, you know, he's been in front of the whole social justice thing. I think he's a good guy, but as far as it comes to coaching, the whole the 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 ruha, the 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 yelling, the things like that, that doesn't necessarily make him a great coach. And I think a lot of people get that mixed up. He's not to me. He's not the best X and O's type of coach. You know what I'm saying? He's a motivating type of coach, and he can get the best out of his players type of coach. These day and age, you're gonna need to be more of X and O's type of coach. You know, because again, it comes down to that one key play to win you the game. Players are too good these day, these days. Um, schemes are too good these days. You're going to need need to be more of an X and O type of coach to win those close games. As you saw, they lost um, to the Nuggets. You know, down three. I mean, up three one. That team came back and out schemed them. I think and uh, end up winning that series. Yeah, I guess to jump in there too, man. Honestly, I know you said you were kind of excited, Los. I had mixed feelings with it. And my mixed feelings as a Lakers fan, of course, I like to see the Clippers in disarray. I like all you said, you know, trying to figure it out and scrambling. But honestly, man, I also like to see the Clippers lose. And I know with Doc Rivers, they not getting out of the second round. So I kind of almost wanted Doc to stay around there because I don't believe in him, honestly, as a coach. And y'all know that I've said this for years. Doc has this resume. So many times people have tried to say Doc is a, a top two coach in the league. You know, you got Greg Popovich maybe at the top. Doc Rivers at number two and all this and that. And he just really hasn't proven to me much. Now, granted, I give him respect. You won your championship, but you also won that championship. I know all championship teams are, are, you know, really talented, but that was a stacked and loaded team. Several Hall of Famers, at least four Hall of Famers on that squad. And also, too, he had Tibbs running that defense. That One of the best things about the Celtics that year was their defense. And Tibbs was really quote-unquote, the defensive coordinator for that team. So, to me, that's what really made them special, honestly. And even out of all that talent, you only got one chip. Then you go over to the Clippers, and it's playoff exit after playoff exit. Right now, I'm going to just throw this out to y'all right now. Doc Rivers, in his time as the Clippers, has the same amount of playoff series wins that Frank Vogel has as the Lakers head coach in one year. Think about that. Frank Vogel has been the head coach of the Lakers for one season, and he has the same amount of playoff wins as Doc Rivers has playoff series wins as Doc Rivers has had as the coach of the Clippers. He's only in that time span of having Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, all those guys, you only get three playoff series wins. That is underachieving. In that series against the Denver Nuggets, Mike Malone completely outcoached Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers made no adjustments. When I watched the Clippers play, I didn't even know what type of offensive system they were running. It was pretty much a, a ton of iso ball, honestly. So I, for many years, have not too much believed in Doc as a coach. I do, like you said, give him credit for how he stood up for social issues. And I don't have, you know, too much of an issue with him as a person. But I think that him, his, like, 
the his resume that people talk about and where they try to put him, you know, among in the hierarchy of coaches, I don't put him up there. I've always felt that he was overrated. So, yeah, I think that is interesting in Steve Ballmer's approach. Steve Ballmer basically put it all on the line when he obtained Paul George and and Kawhi. You know, giving up all. Of, I don't think they have a first round pick until somewhere down the line, 2023, 2024, something. 27 or something. Okay, crazy. Something I knew it was something crazy. So everything was really out on the line. These guys could not fail. But if you had an opportunity to check out the series, which I'm sure that all our basketball fan listeners was able to observe, the Clippers did look in disarray when the pressure was on. When your best player on your team, uh, it it just chokes in that in that vital game seven and First of all, being up 3-1 and losing it, you should lose your job as a coach for that. You know, just getting outplayed like that. You saw how we handled it. Shout out to the Lakers. You know, hey, man, we, they got that first They got that first win, and we really put our foot on, foot on their neck because we knew that previously that this Denver team is, is fire red hot. They victimized two teams that were had them against back up against the wall, up 3-1, and they ultimately would lose that series. So, you know, I mean, I looked at the team even in a, in a Vitebrew. It, it looks like even Kawhi, if you look at them on the bench, Kawhi and Paul George don't necessarily look like they're on the same page. I don't want to start rumors or anything. I, of course, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I'm just looking at body language, and we all know that body language is the majority of how you read situations. And when you watch how they interact, it doesn't seem like they too much get along. I don't know if I'm, you know, if there's something that I see, but I don't feel like they're really on the same page as far as uh, maybe good friends or anything. So we have two best players are in that situation, and then you trickle down in these role players who haven't accomplished anything. Like you said last episode, Lowe said, create busy, don't talk to us, price went up, and they haven't accomplished anything. It's just a team in disarray. And if your team lacks a true leader, like I said last podcast, is Kawhi is a, is a gentle giant. He's not. He's going to lead by example and through actions. But you really need that vocal leader. Um Outside of Paul, George, and Kawhi, who would you even ask to be that vocal leader for that team? So if you don't have a vocal leader, you need a coach. You need a head coach that can really mend these pieces together. And Doc was unable to do that. You know, even even in the regular season, nobody wants to say it, say it but we were waiting for the Clippers to peak. They always was made out to be the favorite. But as you can see, the Lakers finished first in the West, and the Lakers were first in the West for a while. You know, they, they were second in the West, and they had the most talent, quote-unquote. So I think that they lacked that leadership. And I think to Doc's um, defense, like you said, Ramon, I honestly feel like him and Chris Paul bumped heads because Chris Paul was a vocal leader and performer. The only way, you know, and then, you know, even back with the Celtics, I mean, he had Rondo, who's a leader. He had Garnett, who's a leader. Paul Pierce is a leader. So I don't know. I mean, with this team, you really – I think the only way for this team to have succeeded – with this, with the roster that they assembled, was they had to have a head coach who was strong-headed and was a leader, and that's what they lacked. And you know, Steve Ballmer, you know, he didn't wait long. You know, he didn't say, hey, "Let's do this again." He said, "I'm getting docked out." You know, I spent too much yeah. money. I have to have success. This is winner, winner, bust. You know, this is championship or bust. And I think that that ultimately that's what led to Doc being out the door. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't have much to add to that. I think you killed. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So I agree. So now, you know, real quick, uh, 
I mean, I guess just for fun, this new this news, I mean, mind you, is very, very fresh. I mean, I think this was reported. Give Woj his credit. Woj was the first one to report that Doc had ultimately lost his job. Then it was confirmed through an Instagram post and a tweet by Doc Rivers that he was ultimately let go. But let's be fun. I heard a couple reports, real quick reports, that Philly has hit Doc up already to come in for an interview uh, like an hour or two after he lost his job. And it points to me, Dan and Tony, Dan and Tony, last week I saw reports that Philly was going to bring him in. And, you know, Los was very vocal about, I don't understand how Dan and Tony get these jobs. And I agree with him. But it just seems like, you know, like we learned through our interview with Ron and, and, and even Darnell, that coaches are recycled. So, it, you know, we see that, but it's a real thing. We've talked to inside people who is around this industry and said that coaches are recycled. So what do you think it is with Doc that franchises, especially Philly, Philly has been looking to get over the hump for some years, and then they bring in a coach that, you know, instead of bringing in fresh blood, and it don't always work because the Lakers did it with, uh, we did it with, uh, you know, what I'm talking about, bringing in a young coach. Oh, Luke, Luke Walton. Luke Walton. You know, it doesn't always work out for you. But what do you think people, what do you think franchises like Philly is seeing in Doc? And what do you think – Let's just speculate and guess. I know we don't have much information of where ultimately Doc will end up. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I like the match for Doc Rivers being there because Doc Rivers has always been a player that's not a coach that's not afraid to get on his players. And, you know, and I look back to when Jimmy Butler was there, and this is the only thing I really think I have to compare the two to was. Jimmy Butler wanted more out of his player, out of his teammates there, really. And that's why he didn't miss. He wasn't for everybody. You know, and that quote is pretty much going around right now that they consider Jimmy Butler as a cancer because he would demand more out of them. Doc Rivers is that type of coach, you know, obviously demanding more. He's, he doesn't care to call players out much like a la Popovich, you know. He, doesn't, he will call you out and get on his best players. You know, I'll give him that credit. I'll give him that much. Um, so I don't know if those young players are ready for that type of coaching. Um, you know, they are more of the new age type of players. I don't know if they're ready for that. Um, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, if they can take, you know, getting, getting, getting pretty much embarrassed in front of everybody on national TV, being called out for missing an assignment, missing a def- defensive assignment. So those type of things. Now, I think it will be good for them if they buy in. But, again, I don't know, long-term, if they start to struggle with things like that, that can unravel quick and he won't be the coach there long. Because, again, I'll say this last. One thing that you see in situations, the coach goes first before the players do. They will switch the coach out before they switch the players out. You know what I'm saying? So the situation's not working, oh, let's just switch the coach. You know, they're not – they're going to keep their big investment. The coach is more interchangeable. Yeah. So what do you think I, he'll end up, Lowe's? Uh, I mean, I, I would like to see him on the Pelicans. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, very interesting. I wonder yeah, how Pelicans fans listen to how they receive their colors. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, you know, again, you look at the young talent that they have, right? You know, and you just look at those younger players. I think they they have good pieces there. And they have a defensive-minded team. You know, and I just think that, again, we've seen what they did those first eight games in the bubble. I just feel like they didn't have good coaching. You know, much respect to, you know, obviously a person, you know, 
Danelle coming on the podcast and, you know, obviously his boss at the time. Um, you know, but again, I just think that they were out coached those eight games out with Alvin Gentry. Alvin Gentry. Um, he, they were out coached, you know, and they were out. Yeah, they were out coached and they were they were out played, you know. And I think they can they could use a better coach. And I don't know. Again, judging off the resume, Doc Rivers is a better coach than Alvin Gentry. Alvin Gentry haven't done anything as a head coach. Now he's been a, a good assistant on some good teams, but. Again, he hasn't done that as a head coach. So, I mean, I would like that match, matchup better than the Philly matchup. Yeah, I, and I think, honestly, like you were saying, I think Pelicans fans would, would welcome it. I think that there will be some that aren't Doc Rivers guys, but I think that Pelicans fans will welcome it from the sense, too, they are looking, they want a guy who is going to bring in even more of that defensive approach to the team. You look at the team on the bubble, and they were giving up so many points because Alvin Gentry is not really a defensive-focused coach. He's an offensive system, time under D'Antoni, running at quick pace. And so you look like a guy at Doc Rivers. He can come in and probably install a little bit more of that defensive system in there potentially. Um, of course, you know, I mean, I don't buy it. I don't buy into Doc, and that's just me. I just feel he's overrated. I think that he, of course, will land and get an opportunity really quickly just because of his reputation uh, around the league, people are going to look at Doc Rivers and he, I believe, going to go to the top of the pecking order as far as coaches that are available. Um, Whether you have Doc Rivers out there, you have Mike D'Antoni, you have Tyron Lue that could be looking for a head coaching position and so forth and so on. And I believe that from a respect factor and from a reputation of how the league sees Doc, he'll probably be the first name that's called upon. Uh, so, so I agree. I, I honestly, if I had to, you know, throw out and say where he'll end up, I, I'm gonna go in and say Philly. I think I actually, even though I don't really like the the fit totally anywhere, I'm just not a Doc Rivers guy, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to have a whole Doc bashing session. Uh, but y'all know how <laughs> I felt about Doc Rivers for years. But I guess Philly could be the place, man. Okay. All right. Uh... I mean, you look at the vacant. <laughs> 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 nice, nice catch. Yeah. Nice catch. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, brother. <laughs> you know, you know. Hey, but uh, you look at the coaching vacancies that's going on right now. Uh, Indiana still looking for a coach, like Carlos mentioned, New Orleans. The Bulls, they filled that void. Not long after Donovan was outed, ousted by the Rockets out of the bubble in Oklahoma the playoffs. Thunder. Oh, they got they lost in the playoffs to the Rockets, but yeah, yeah, lost into the yeah, playoffs for the Rockets. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, that's my thought there. Oh, uh, yeah. So Donovan head over to, to Chicago after losing. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Donovan yeah. head so, over to Chicago after losing yeah, to the yeah, Rockets. So Billy, we find Billy Donovan is in in Chicago. So. I, when I first heard the news, I, I really didn't like it at all because I'm just like, he was in a better situation with the Thunder. And, you know, you hear reports that he didn't like being on a developing team, you know, with Chris Paul and, and those guys. I, I really felt like they was building something. He just bailed on them. I thought he did a good job with them as well. You know, they held their own against the Rockets in the bubble. Uh, but, I mean, the playoffs. But, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I per se like Chicago. I mean, Chicago, their best player is Zach Levine, who's an ultra talented player, but he has injury issues. 
and they have a uh, Laurie marketing from you know he and he he turned out to be a, a very solid pick there and they're that's a really young team so what I mean is that he went from a from a uh, I guess a rebuild project to even more of a rebuild project in Chicago which was odd to me that he took that job but you know ultimately I mean it's very young in the offseason maybe they have some tricks up their sleeve maybe they have some free agent free agent talks there maybe they make a trade who knows but as it looks right now, it's very confusing as to why Billy Dunn is going to take that job in Chicago. And do you do you guys think that it helps Chicago at all? Do you believe in Billy Dunn? Well, the way that I look at it, honestly, I think that it's an interesting fit from the perspective of any in Billy Donovan's career totally as a head coach. Where has he had the most success? On the college level with young players. You look at Chicago, they have a young nucleus of, they have a, a decently talented young nucleus, but it's young guys, he's accustomed to working through college basketball and working with young athletes of that sort. So, you know, it was, he was a fish out of water, honestly, when he first came to the NBA and he had to work with stars like Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and so forth and so on. And he's finally kind of found his footing in the league. But now I think he's getting back to being around kind of that young nucleus. And it's going to kind of remind him, I know the NBA game is different from the college game, but I think that he's going to be able to kind of draw on some things that he did that was successful at Florida with those young guys and relay it to these young guys that are in Chicago. Yeah, I'm, I will just say that one, Billy Donovan is – he. If you look at his time at, in the Thunder, I would say overall it was a success. You know, he definitely overachieved this year with the team that he had. You know, and during his time when he had Russell Westbrook, you know, pretty majority it was just Russell Westbrook. That team probably, I would say, overachieved as well. You know, Russell Westbrook pretty much averaging a triple-double, and he was the team. So I would say overall his time was a success, you know. And so, again, I agree with Ramon on this situation. I Maybe he is good for these young players, you know, but again, it's going to take more. He's going to have to grow with this team. You know, it's going to, it's not going to be a, hey, this team is going to right off the bat compete for a championship. We know that, you know, it's going to take them getting some key vets, um, you know, once this team grows. It's going to take this team showing that, hey, we can win. We can be around that 500 range. And then when it hit free agency, oh, these veterans, these veteran free agents looking like, okay, they have a young core kind of like a lot of Brooklyn Nets. You know, they were a team that, hey, they competed. They played hard, right? And so it gave the opportunity for, um, for, for players like Kevin Durant and Kyrie to look at that team like, look, they opened up some money here. They got a young nucleus. They got a good coaching staff. Let me go over there and see what's going on here. Let's go win some championships with the Bulls. We know the history. They have that rich history. Let's go, and, let's go put the Bulls back on the map type of thing. So I can see that being the – the route that they're trying to take. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I ain't, I think y'all guys hit it. I'm not going to add on to that, you know, just because I didn't mean to spend much time on Billy. But like you said, I, I agree with both of you guys about that. And that's a solid point, Ramon. So we got it, guys. We're going to wrap up the NBA segment by saying we finally got our NBA Finals matchup into our delight. We found our Los Angeles Lakers competing for yet another – NBA championship after 10 years, man. It's been since 2010 since Kobe led us to our last championship, which was in 2010, man. A decade. We're finally back in here 
Um, we're facing a very hungry. First of all, let me back up, guys. Didn't I tell you that the that the Heat will find themselves in the NBA Finals? I knew it was coming. He just wasn't gonna let us get by that. No, I, I, knew, I knew it was man. coming. Hey, that, that hey man, that Heat team is a bad, bad man. And I like I said, you know, when I saw Jimmy Butler's pre pre playoff interview before Game One, I said, oh yeah, you know, this team is tough and for reasons I mentioned, you don't know who can go off on any given night. And that's what makes me nervous. I say to our delight, of course, we're happy that we're Western Conference Championships, but we didn't want to see the Bulls. I had pers- I mean, the Heat. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking about the last second. I, we didn't want to see bring the, the Bulls on. <laughs> bring yeah, bring on. the Bulls. But, <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to see the Heat. Uh, I think that ultimately, you know, the Heat is a team that has a bunch of players that can go off on any given night. I tweeted that. Like, you got Duncan, who's just waiting at the spark one. And he can go off for 30. You got, you know, you got uh, Hero, who can go off for 37 on any given night. Then, of course, you got Jimmy. Like I said, he's that Swiss Army knight can do whatever you need him to do, whether it be defend, whatever. And then you got Bam down now, man, who is a very underrated big man in this league, but is a very good big man. And I mean, I just look at that team, and I just they, they, they just in this type of bubble setting, you know, they are a tough team. Uh, I will say this: I'm gonna get it out the way. Lakers in six. I think it will be a great series, but I think that we will be NBA champions, and I'm 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 gonna be so excited about it, y'all. But I mean, just basically, let's 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 do it like this. Let's talk about this Boston series, though. Let's you know, Boston have been competing at this point for a long, long time, and. They, it just seems like they can't get over the hump when it comes to these playoffs, man. But they have some really good players. I think that Tatum has taken another step into superstardom. I think a superstar was literally born in that bubble. And I think that one of them was, of course, uh, a boy from Denver, Jamal, <laughs> Jamal Murray. Murray. And I think that Jason Tatum, I think he's finally taking that next step. But what do y'all see? What do y'all think Boston? They have a great coach, but what do you think that y'all saw where – Boston was lacking in that in that matchup against the Heat. I would just say overall toughness. You know, um, I think they just didn't have the will. You know, it's just sometimes you're going to get down. You know, you're going to, um, you know, you they. I think they lack the experience. One, you know, um, obviously, you know, the Heat. I feel like was a more experienced team. You know, they have some key veterans on their team. Jimmy Butler. Iguodala, think players that just been there in these key situations that has done it before. And so they lack that, 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 that mental toughness. I think when they got down, as you saw, and what was that game three or game four, they got into it with each other in the locker room. You know, that shows right there that all it took is a loss. Strong minded team, like, okay, we lost regroup. Let's do what we got to do to get this next W. Now, granted they did win the next game, but again, that showed right there that they didn't have a mental toughness to get over this series. They had all the talent in the world. They just didn't have a mental toughness. Yeah. No, I actually agree 100% with you on that, Lowe's. Honestly, don't have too much to add on that specific point because I literally felt that that was the difference as well. Uh, going into this series, if you just talk talent for talent, I honestly feel and still feel this right now that Boston is a more talented team than Miami from, from top to bottom. Um, I think that Miami may have a little bit more depth if you want to say going to the bench. But just as far as a talented team, I think that Boston is more talented. But just echoing your point, I believe that Miami is a more mentally tough team. 
Um, and you saw it down the stretch of games over and over again. When adversity would strike against Boston, I felt that they crumbled a few times. Uh, there was really several games that Boston really had there that they could grab a hold to and really take in that series. And Miami just, they were the more mentally tough team, the team that was able to close games better. Um, and so that's ultimately why they got it done. And even to your point, Rob, of, of how many guys they had that, that could attack, you look at that series, Jimmy Butler was their fourth leading scorer in that series. Everybody talks about Jimmy, and Jimmy was great, and I'm not trying to knock Jimmy at all. He was their fourth, fourth leading scorer in that series. A lot of times, I know I mentioned him last week, but, but Rob, man, how you left out your boy Goran Dragic when you were just breaking down the Heat team, man? Yeah. You can't leave out Dragic. I did man. leave Dragic him out, is, yeah. Yeah, he's played he me in a lot of lineups as well, daily lineups. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, that was the X factor, and that was their leading score in the last that, – that's their leading score through the playoffs. Through the playoffs. I think Bam ended up leading them for that series. He finally mm -hmm. edged out Goran, but – Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, a deep, they're a good team. I mean, they, they wouldn't have made it to this point if they're not. Then they're well coached. Uh, inspirational how Coach Folster started off in the video room, and now he's, a, he's competing for yet another NBA Finals win. What – you know, this series is so interesting in so many ways, and I'm going to try to keep it condensed this because of the time limit that we have. But you think about his connection to LeBron and how everybody wrote off Coach Spolstra when LeBron left. Coach Spolstra had this team rolling, if you if you remember, even before, you know, his roster that he has now. You know, when they was getting an eight, a set eight seed and actually winning series, when they when they you look at their roster and you like man how is he doing it but that's coaching but then you look at him starting off in the video room which is very inspirational and ended up you know making it to yet another finals proving that he is a great coach I mean when you look at his roster he got a bunch of junior college guys mid major college guys and he got them rolling they bought into his system but Los touched on it earlier and I hate I hate we talking about the Heat so much because it's supposed to be an NBA Finals outlook we'll get to that in a second but. You, you touched on it earlier, Lowe's, about the Jimmy Butler effect. And you, you see he's doing interviews now in the press conference where he's saying everybody's not built for his type of leadership. And I agree with him. I think that he has a bunch of guys that are, have bought into his system. And ironically, I said this a couple episodes ago, this about how he didn't work out in Philly. He didn't work out in Minnesota because he was dealing with young cats that – think they know it all and are, aren't used to that type of abrasive type of leadership, you know, and it comes, it derives from Michael, it trickles down to Kobe, you know, and, it, and even LeBron, you know, when, when you talk about it, LeBron is not very public, publicly out, but if you talk to some of his teammates or listen to some of his teammates uh, talking interviews, they say that LeBron is very vocal, you know, and, and is, is a leader, you know, so, now you see, you know, not everybody see in the world sees that it wasn't Jimmy Butler with these situations. Yeah, he was on two teams in three years. I mean, three teams in, in three years. But, you know, it wasn't him. It was actually the players around him that's not susceptible to that. But here you got guys like Duncan Robinson and, and you got Tyler Hero. You got Bam. It's no ego on that team. And what's highly underrated is Yadonis is a leader on the bench as well. He's almost like an assistant coach almost on the side. But, you know, scratch that. It's no ego with this team. And like I said, I saw it since round one. They are very 
unselfish. They 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 just want to see everybody win and succeed, and that's the combination that helps you to succeed and get to this level of success. So it ain't Jimmy, and, and you know Jimmy is, is a great leader, and that's what what how you lead a team. But I never seen a, a superstar like him. Well, I wouldn't say he's a superstar. I would say he is a star, but. I never seen a star like him that's so unselfish. Like you said, Ramon, he's the fourth leading scorer on the team. He just want to do whatever it takes to win a game. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. There's definitely been the Jimmy Butler effect, and that's why they find themselves in the finals, man. Yeah. yeah. So here we are, man, NBA Finals, Lakers versus the Heat. I, You know, I was laughing at Stephen A. on first take. He was saying that he, he was upset because if this series wasn't in the bubble, he will be able to travel from L.A. to Miami and enjoy some of that sun. But here we are in the right. bubble. It's what, what I think the world is – the basketball fans and the basketball world deserves, the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Heat. So we always do it, man. What's y'all predictions? We got to get them. And I want NBA Finals MVP. I want – which, which team's going to win and how many games? Mm. And, you know, outlook of what you think, how do you think the series is going to go? Yeah, I mean, this series is going to be, one, it's going to be close. Um, it's going to be a close series. It's going to come down to um, a, a, a last couple possessions. But ultimately, I got, you know, and I believe you said this already, but I got, I got Lakers in six. You know, I think Lakers have only lost one game in every series they played during the playoffs. They've won their games in five. But I think this series is a little different. You know, I think the teams dig, tend to dig a little deeper. There's going to be some, a couple games, a couple heartbreaks, you know, that I think as Lakers fans we're going to have to get over during this series because they're just a mentally tough team that, like Denver, you know, like Portland before, before they kind of got banged up, that just won't die. This team won't die. You know, you're going to see sometimes where we get up, but then you're going to see this team kind of comes back, slowly come back, because, again, they have these vets on their team. So, again, I will say, as a Lakers fan, expect us to sometimes give up leads because this team is going to be one of their teams that's going to battle back. Um, but, again, for the predictions, you know, again, I got Lakers in six. You know, I got Bron, you know, just what in mental space that he's in right now that – I, I, you know, these last couple of games, I haven't seen him get on his teammates as much as he's gotten on them publicly like he's gotten on them during these games, even AD. You know, and AD mentioned it at the end of the game that they got into it a little bit, you know, after one of the games, after they lost that, that last game. Um, and so that, that is different than LeBron. I think he is on a mission. You know, he came there to bring back the Lakers to greatness, you know, and especially they're doing it for – Kobe this year you know there's a different motivation you know they're breaking their huddles out by saying Mamba on three you know um AD hit his last shot we mentioned this in an episode before and he said Kobe you know what I'm saying they're wearing those black Kobe jerseys during the game it's a different mindset it's a different motivation they want to give the city of LA something to be happy about after losing their biggest star ever this year and so again for that reason I think that alone is going to motivate them to win this series yeah, um, I agree with you. I'll go ahead and get my pick out there. Uh, I'm going to say I have Lakers in six. I think, like you said, Los is going to be a very tough series. Miami is a mentally tough team, man, and they can beat you, you know, in so many different ways. You never know whose night it might be to go off. I think that the Lakers are going to have to prepare, even though I know that 
specifically Toronto and also uh, Miami played that zone against Boston. They noticed some weaknesses, but I think the Lakers have to be prepared to face that zone defense. I don't think Miami is just going to scrap that now and go completely away from it. So the Lakers have to be ready to face that zone defense. I believe that they have the pieces to take it um, and to handle it, but um, it's going to be a tough series, you know, matchup wise. We said this leading into even before the Boston and the Miami series closed that, that Boston, that Miami was a, a tougher matchup for the Lakers based upon the wing defenders that they have, that they can throw at LeBron. Um, and then also too, to me, they have the best, you know, post defender for AD in the bubble in Bam Adebayo. Um, so I think that that's going to be very key as well. Uh, it'll be a very good matchup. I'm not taking them lightly, so don't think that Lakers fans are sitting back. I know that we see that floated a lot. Oh, Lakers fans think that this is going to be easy. Lakers fans not taking the seat, the heat seriously. I'll, we are. Yeah, I'll add to that really quick. I'll add that. I'll add to that really quick. Um, again, you mentioned the zone. You mentioned the zone. So the zone is something that does concern me as a Lakers fan. We struggled in series shooting the ball. Danny Green, you know, um, Caldwell Pope, you know, our shooters haven't been there. So if you're going to zone a team, this will be the team to zone up, especially as much as we get points in the paint and we get fast break points, you know. So, again, it's going to be key for our shooters to make shots. Again, I say this as a Lakers fan, all we need Danny Green to do, Caldwell Pope to do is hit two or three threes a game. That's it. That's not asking a lot. Those those shots alone opens up the floor for everybody. Two or three, that is, what, six to nine points a game off of threes. If you can hit two or three shots a game, the Lakers are a different team. But if they go 0-2, 0-5, 0-9, that's when you see a struggle. Again, because everything locks in. You know, everybody clogs the paint up. LeBron can't get to the rim. So, again, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. So, I'm going to just pick it back as... off you guys with the zone. Um, yeah. Piggyback off that uh, – I think that this is going to have to be Kuz's series. I really feel like he's going to have to be the X factor. I think he's been our best shooter in the bubble. So I think that he's going to get a lot of opportunities and a lot of open shots. And he's going to have to knock them down, man. And, you know, like Los mentioned, Danny Green, we pay him a lot of money, man. He got to, you know, he's going to have to earn it by, you know, knocking down these huge shots. Uh, but, you know, LeBron has improved as a three-point shooter. AD is a is a decent three-point shooter as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think that the best strategy for the Heat will be the zone that they've been playing. Uh, but we got to we just simply put, we just have to knock down shots, and we're going to have to defend. So we hadn't had problems. We've been a great defensive team uh, as far as defensive efficiency all year. So we just got to keep that up. Hey, real quick, one matchup I would love – I'm, I'm looking forward to is Tyler Hero – and my boy Caruso. Caruso, Caruso has yeah, been playing yeah. some good defense, and he's had the matchups. If you look at the matchups he's had, he's had to be on the Lillard first series, and he did a good job. Of course, Lillard going to be Lillard. Lillard was a hot player, but he did good in, in, in spots on him. And then you look at the next matchup. He went from James Harden. He went to um, Westbrook, and he, he played good defense on these guys. And you look at this last series, he played a lot of a lot of the games on Jamal Murray. And now you got the finals. Tyler Hero, who's been playing out his mind as the youngest player, as a player, the first player to ever play that was born in the 2000s, which yeah. is crazy to think about crazy to in think the finals. About. Born in the 2000s to play in the finals. So, again, I'm looking forward to that matchup. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I think that's a wrap. Uh, go Lakers, as we all are Lakers fans, as, as our listeners probably have caught on to that by now. But go Lakers and – 
you know, I'm looking forward to it. Starts up Wednesday, so make sure you check that out. It's on ABC Network, all games. And you also can stream it on ESPN app um, as well as YouTube Live. So they're getting a lot of shout-outs. They ain't paying us to – they ain't paying me to see this. Right. They ain't paying me to say this, but I want all our listeners to experience this great series, so I'll say that. All right, man, so we'll move on to the NFL. I think time has been well spent, um, so I'm only going to hit probably the major – um, major, major uh, storylines in it. Um, and I think one, one, one I will go is what's wrong with Atlanta? Uh, they've lost two, two back-to-back games while leading by 15-plus points in the fourth quarter. Um, I see a lot of people on Twitter is calling for Dan Quinn's head. And my thought of it is, excuse me, my thought of it is basically I think the coach is an easy scapegoat. <laughs> In these situations, I don't think that Dan Quinn uh, should should be, you know, the one to blame for that. I think that you know, at the end of the day, it's players, it's balls being dropped, uh, it's it's defensive plays not being made. I mean, ultimately, you know, Atlanta, you know, we didn't talk about it last time, but man, you look at that onside kick, and you know, these guys been playing ball since they was in Pee Wee football, and you got. Uh, the Cowboys hit kicking the onside kick, and everyone knows that the receiving team can touch the ball whenever they want, and that the kicking team has to wait 10 yards. And ultimately, they decided not to get the ball, and, you know, Dallas ends up with it, and they make the drive, and, you know, they end up scoring, and Atlanta loses. Then you look at the last game where they're leading, practically dominating the whole game uh, against the Lions. Was it the Lions? It was the Lions. They played the Bears. Bears. Practically dominated the whole game against the Bears, the Bad News Bears, which is not really a good team. And they just – I mean, they 3-0. They 3-0, man. Come on now. (laughs) Come on, man. Come on. We're going to have our – I don't think they're bad, bro. I don't agree with you that they're not a good team. Like, I think that they're a solid team. I think they're solid. I think they're okay. They're not – I mean, they're not – I mean, I don't know. I mean, we it's early. It's early. It's a lot of undefeated it teams. That's it early. It's early. It's early. Yeah. I agree. Like, like, like with my, with our rankings that we do on NFL on score bench warmers on our Instagram. You like that plug? You know, there's a lot of teams that end up in the, in the top three, and by the end of the year, they're not there at all. And I think the Bears is fool's gold. But so they're not. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, what do y'all think about Atlanta and their failures in the late? Do you think it's on Dan so, Quinn, or do you feel as though? Uh, it's on the players. So, I mean, just like you said our last, and we on the NFL topic, our last episode, it's time for Drew Brees to retire. <laughs> Same energy. It's time for the Falcons to fire Dan Quinn. You know, it's, it's, it's time. You know, you look at it, their last game, and you look at their comeback. Tackling. You look at tackling. That's a coaching issue. You know, you, you, you got to fix those issues, right? You look at, like you mentioned, the onside kick, jump on the ball, game over. That's a coaching issue. That starts from the head. Any good leader knows that, you know, you can't say, oh, that's on a special teams coach. No, as a leader, it falls on the top guy always. Somebody messed up below on your coaching staff, it falls on the top guy always. It is time to fire Dan Quinn. From the loss, I know, and everybody loves Dan Quinn. Good defensive coach when he was with Seattle. He had his time and things like that, but, again, you know, when your team continues to give up leads like this, that's coaching, man. You can't keep giving up, blowing big leads. And we're not even talking about the Super Bowl. 
I'm not going to even do that to him. You know what I'm right. saying? But <laughs> we're just talking about right. this year. This year, you gave up. You were supposed to be at least two and one at the time right now. You gave up two big leads. I just I don't I don't get it, bro. It's like again, he has he's had the longest rope. By now, if this was any other coach, he'll be gone. They would have been fired him, you know. Well, interesting nugget. Falcons first team in NFL history to lose back to back games uh, while leading fifteen plus points in the fourth quarter. So go ahead, Ramon. I, I think I'm looking at yeah, no, I think honestly I don't have too much to add to that. But even if you look at both of those games, you know how ESPN does the win probability. They both at those points had like a 99.3% chance to win those games. So both of those games, they should have had them. Um, I agree. I honestly don't have too much to add to it. Dan Quinn needs to get out of there. They need to get rid of him, honestly. I believe it's coaching when you're blowing leads like that. I don't have too much more to add to it. I think y'all already kind of broke it down. All right, man. So we're going to talk about the Cowboys next. Uh, the Cowboys, man, they 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 hung in tough with the Seahawks to everybody's uh, dismay. I, I I tweeted something interesting. You know, um, they they ultimately lost to the Seahawks last night, which I feel like the Seahawks is the best team in the NFL right now. I got to watch tonight. We're recording this on Monday night. So y'all leave me alone. I hadn't watched the the Ravens and the Chiefs yet. So we're recording right now. But I think the Seahawks is a good team. I think Russell Russell Wilson obviously is having an MVP caliber year so far. And the way he's throwing the ball 50 yards and just dropping it with precision, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. It makes me miss when Drew Brees could throw a football. That's neither here nor there. That's neither yeah. here nor there. Sorry, I, I don't want to break your train of thought too much, but why are you talking about Russell Wilson? I believe Russell Wilson is the second best quarterback in the league. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think uh, you who? Know, I, I think I still would Mahomes. give it Patrick Mahomes. I still think Mahomes is is, is the no. Russell I think might. Russell Wilson is having the best season, no doubt. But yeah. uh, I think I still think Mahomes. I'm with I'm with I'm with Belichick on this. I mean, Russell Wilson, yeah, again, I think he's the best. I mean, again, I got it. He's Patrick Mahomes got the money. He got the bag, you know, right? He's paid like the best. He has the hype, and he's fresh off a championship. But I'm looking at this thing as, a, as the big picture here. I'm looking at what Russell Westbrook has. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Russell Wilson. <laughs> I, Russell, I thought I was going to be the first person. <laughs> <laughs> what Russell Wilson has to work with as a team compared to what my boy Patrick Mahomes has to work with. You know, and granted, I'm not taking his weapons as a slack as Lockett and, you know, DK Metcalf who stepped up. I'm not looking at that, but I'm looking at what Russell has worked with over the years, and he has still put up numbers. Russell Russell Wilson <laughs> has, been, has been in a run-first offense and still been putting up numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like, which yeah, is man. nuts. And the whole hashtag this year is let Russ cook, right? They're finally letting him air it out and throw it this year, and yeah. he's doing it, and he's doing yeah. it nasty. His, his you know what I'm saying? Ball, his deep ball, his deep is, ball is probably the prettiest thing it's, I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, and oh. it doesn't look like it's much. How's that pause? Girls, how's that pause, Come on, man. You, you just destru- you described that too nicely, bro. <laughs> <laughs> man, whatever. But – Look, you know, it, it's a thing. It's a beauty. But anyway, that's a beauty. 
Oh my god. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm hearing from you right now. <laughs> anyway, I, I do I agree. I think Russell QB. But like I said before, that was a good, that was a good interesting nugget, Ramon, by the way. I want to spiral back to the point that I was making though. How do y'all feel about that? I had a tweet and I said that that doesn't have an identity as a quarterback. In the, in, the, in the course of a game, I've been watching every game this year of his, of his this year, and it seems like you see the good, you see the bad, and you see the ugly. You know, and most likely the good comes at the end. It's like when he's back against the wall, when the pressure's on, and when he has to make a play, when he has to lead that two-minute drill, it's like, why you didn't play this for the rest of the game? And then you see when he's being blitzed and he just has this, like, twitch to where he makes a bad decision. You know, I think that you would look at his numbers and he threw for 452 yards uh, yesterday. And you'd be like, oh, you know, he threw for a couple touchdowns, I think. Um, oh, he had a great game. But if you really watched that game, it didn't look like – it didn't look like he was the guy uh, that's that's wanting this this big-time contract like up there with Mahomes. It, he didn't look like that to me. No, I like that. I mean, listening to you say that, you know – saying that, hey, he does not have an identity as a quarterback. You know, I think he does a bunch of things good. You know, not necessarily great, but he does a bunch of things good. And so it's just hard trying to think on what is his identity. You know, you think about everybody else. You know, Russell Russell Wilson, he has a good deep ball. <laughs> and then you think about – you think about, I don't know why I'm stuck on Westbrook today. <laughs> I know. Russell Wilson, he has a good deep ball. And you think about Russell Wilson Mahomes. or Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> right. You think about Mahomes, right? And he has the good sidearm throws. You know, he has a precision accuracy, the run on the, the throw on the run. You know, you think about all these great quarterbacks. And, again, Dak wants to be paid like them, but he doesn't have that identity. I love that. That's, that, that's spot on. He doesn't have an identity right now. Yeah. No, I agree 100% with it, honestly. And I believe that with that – when you get the good and the good that is shown, that makes him thinking and his camp thinking. Some people think that he should be paid as an elite guy, as a tier one guy. When I really group him into like a tier two of quarterbacks in the league, like there's that tier one that you have your Patrick Mahomes of the world and you have your Russell Wilsons of the world and you have your Lamar Jacksons and all of that. Um, and then I think that Dak finds himself in a tier that's under that. But because he has those moments, like you said, where he has the quote unquote identity of, a, of, you know, showing the good talent and then he'll go away from that. But when he shows the good, that's what makes him and other people think that he should be paid like those guys that are elite. But like you said, there comes the bad with him as well. I won't say the ugly quite as much. Like I, I don't, I don't know if I see the ugly with that. When he fumbled, that was pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah, but I do agree that he's inconsistent. I do agree that, you know, if you just look at the stats, you can't just get caught up looking at the yeah. stats. If you get caught up in the stats, he looks like yeah. he's up there with, with anybody else. Yeah, but you have to actually watch, watch the flow of the game. Yeah, I mean, he has three different versions of himself in a game. And we see flashes of it. I see eliteness of it you know i see a great decision maker but then i see a bad decision maker i see uh, a person that you know on a screen pass to zeke is five yards overthrown you know it, it's just you know like you say it's just a consistency factor i think he has to find his identity um i didn't really hear a lot of accountability in his press conference uh i lied drew Brees as well 
we won't get into Drew Brees this episode, but it, it you know, it, it, he has to figure it out. You know, in Dallas, you know, I think they have too, way too much talent. Just like you say, I mean, you don't go neck and neck with the Seahawks in Seattle. I don't care if fans or not. And with that tough defense, with that tough offense, and and come out pretty good, you, at the end of the day, you're still there. I think that Dallas does have a have their leader, but I think he has to take that extra step. And I think that things like the contract dispute and all of that can just be a distraction. And what can, can kind of concern you as a Cowboys fan may be potentially that he thinks that he's there already and he, he has room to improve. And if you're getting what you're getting, what you saw last night, you're just going to get the same results. Yeah, I agree. I think you nailed it, honestly. I think mm-hmm. that's the perfect description of it, actually. Well, we got Monday night recording on Monday night, fellas, and we got to go watch this game so we can cover it next week. It's a big matchup with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, debatably two of the top five quarterbacks in this league. My question to you, fellas, is who do you have winning this big monster matchup? Or being that it's week three, it's not a big deal. No, I got – right now, obviously, you know, I got a little slight advantage right now. I got the Chiefs up three, but I'm still in Chiefs driving right now. But I'm still going to go with the Ravens pulling it off in a close game, maybe winning it by a field goal. Um, obviously having a good game by Dobbins and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go the opposite way. Um, like you said, I mean, we have a little bit of support and evidence, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the Chiefs on this one. I think that uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to get it done. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I think that it's going to go down to the wire, uh, but I got the Chiefs again. Uh, just for fantasy purposes, I just hope that Kelsey's not a part of the game playing too much tonight because I need this. I really need a fantasy win tonight. So, uh, I'm, But I'm going to go Chiefs. I think they're going to win by like minus three. Minus three. I'm, I'm going to say minus three. All right. So I think we did it again, fellas. Uh, we wait, 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 wait. Don't go. Don't go on me. Don't <laughs> go on me yet, man. Don't go on me yet. Who you got winning Thursday against the Jets and the Broncos? Man, nobody care about that. <laughs> <laughs> the Broncos, the Broncos man. man. The Jets, the Jets are, are the so Jets bad, are a football, are, are they a football team? They, they're terrible. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the worst Thursday night game. Oh, it's yeah. gonna be terrible. I, I don't think I even have any shares in that game. I ain't thought nobody. If I have right. a J, I drop Hernandez, but it's not because of his talent, but it's just because the Jets are just so bad, man. They just right. Sam Donald, you know, he's supposed to take a step further, but it's like since he had uh that illness, he can took a step back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So then Jameson Crowder is their best weapon and he can't stay healthy. So I mean, I, I just I'm I'm not. I mean, the Jets are terrible, man. I don't. Why I don't did know. they do that to us? Yeah, we don't have to spend like, a lot. Of- why did right, they do that to right. us? Though that is a I don't terrible match. I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even think even in preseason, how would you even think that that was a good Thursday night game? They must have yeah. just. They just had. They just must have had no one else there. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like. Yeah, I don't get how they got a prime time game. Yeah, they were like, let's get it out of the yeah. way early in the season, and then as the season goes on, we have better stuff. But that's a terrible I really matchup. won't. I probably won't. That'll probably be the first Thursday night game in a while I hadn't watched. Yeah, I that's where watch. I'm going to miss Yeah, we don't have to spend much time on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So we did it again, fellas. We appreciate all the listeners that rocked with us for this long at this point of the podcast. This is the this is the part of the podcast where I tell y'all to be on the lookout for, uh, for uh, our merchandise site. We're launching it really, really soon. As if you can see us on YouTube, it's the shirts that we always rocking. Uh, uh, we're very excited to release this. Uh, we've been working on it for a long, long time, so we finally. Uh, excited to go ahead and, and, you know, give it out to the world. You know, if you're interested in that, the information on purchasing our merchandise will be on our Instagram at O underscore Benchwarmers. We'll also be sharing some int- information on our Twitter as well. But uh, mainly Instagram, uh, just check us out. We will be releasing the link and how you can purchase this merchandise, you know, on our Instagram. That's O underscore Benchwarmers. Make sure that you are subscribing to us and make sure that we we are launching our YouTube, which is really exciting. We're launching the Opinionated Bitch Warmers YouTube channel. So make sure that you're subscribing to that as well so we can get these numbers up and, uh, you know, kind of just spread our community like we've been doing. Uh, we out of here until next time, and we're excited to come back to y'all, and we're going to be out until the next time we record. Later.